Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. We're studying the book of Acts and we're going into chapter 14, but something happens very subtle within chapters 13 and 14 that if we blink, we miss it, even though Luke does it very intentionally. In Greek writing, precedence or leadership is oftentimes displayed by how something or how people are presented in a list. So for instance, with the apostles, Peter is always listed first. In fact, you always find four apostles listed first, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And who do you think is the last apostle listed when a list is presented in the Gospels? Well, most of the time it's Judas Iscariot. So the position of your name frequently indicates you as the leader. And you'll see this in Acts chapter 12, verse 25, and 13, verse 2, and 13, verse 7. Barnabas is the person listed first. But then there is a change in Acts 13, 13, and verse 43, verse 46, verse 50, and on and on. Paul is the one who is listed first. So Paul becomes the leader, the one who is out in front. Now my question is, how do you think this transition took place? Do you think Paul demanded the top position? Did he bully his way there? Well, of course not. Rather, this is what Barnabas had been training Paul for all along, to lead out in the mission. This is discipleship at its finest, training someone to take the reins of leadership. Barnabas encourages Paul through all the discouragements and equips Paul to be the leader through these discouragements. So do you see what Paul and Barnabas are doing towards the end of chapter 14, verse 22? They're going back to all the churches and the places they had previously been. And listen to what it says. Paul and Barnabas were strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Well, Cliff, what does this have to do with discouragement and what does this have to do with me? Well, here's what happens. Paul faces many discouraging events and situations all throughout Acts 13 and 14. Mockery, abandonment, sickness, ridicule, persecution, stoning. Yet Barnabas, the son of encouragement, is there every step of the way. And when they come to the end of their journey, Paul leads them back through the cities, strengthening and encouraging the brothers. Barnabas' strength encouragement had become Paul's strength and encouragement because of discipleship. You know how discouragement can be turned into a door of faith or opportunity for the gospel to advance? It's if you have someone in your life a faithful partner in ministry who shares the ups and downs of life and ministry with you to refocus your heart and mission upon Christ. We all need a Barnabas, and we all need to be a Barnabas. The other day at our church, we had a fishing derby, and my sons were very excited about this. And so the morning of the derby at breakfast, I determined that I was going to clean catfish that afternoon. Well, if you know me, you know that I was not raised on the farm. I was not raised out in the country, and I had no idea how to clean a catfish. And so I called my father-in-law, and I said, Terry, we're going fishing today, and we're going to catch catfish. How do you clean a catfish? And so he laughed at me a little bit, and then he began telling me how to do it. 
Well, it sounded simple enough. You make a cut around the head of the fish just past the front fins so that you can take some pliers and peel the skin off. And then you fillet them. Well, I got this. This is going to be a cakewalk. And so we go fishing, and a friend of mine, Terry Kirkpatrick, says, Hey, do you guys need any more fish? We've got plenty. And so I say, Yes. And he says, Do you know how to clean them? Well, I say, well, Not really, but I'm going to give it a shot this afternoon. And then he said this, Why don't you come over to the shop, and I'll show you how. Now, here's the thing. I had been told how to clean a catfish, but what I needed was to be shown and guided. And here's why. Because once we started to clean the fish, if I hadn't seen how much of a struggle it was to peel the skin off of the fish, I would have been discouraged and given up. But I had someone there to struggle with me to show me how to do it. You know, this wouldn't be the last time Paul faced discouraging situations. Some people might even consider Paul's whole life a discouragement. But discouragement never matured in his heart. Now listen closely. This is not a message of don't give up. Michael Jordan was cut from the varsity basketball team, but he stuck with it and he became one of the greatest ever. That's not what we're talking about here. Paul would amplify this very truth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, when he wrote this. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. What we are talking about is being the type of person who encourages others to rest and abide in Christ in the face of discouraging circumstances and being the type of person who can receive a brother or sister's encouragement to Christ when we are in a discouraging situation. When you pray today, pray for BJ, Jill, Olivia, Sophia, and Graham Sanders, our missionaries in Papua New Guinea, who could potentially face many discouraging situations. Would you pray that they are resting and abiding in Christ? And also pray for the Alango broadcast in the target area of the Philippines. Thank you.